Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Okay, uh, it is now officially October, which I believe means baseball season has finally started. Is that correct? Uh, well, I just went to I just watched the first part of any baseball game I've watched this year. So it, the world does revolve around me. So I think that that means the baseball season has started. I mean, if anything, in our three and change, three and a half year run. Uh, has has been a lesson. It's been that to Pierce, the world revolves around Pierce. I mean, it's don't you think it's just it's just easier if if I kind of in in charge of everything and everyone I, just kind of follows what I say. I mean, look, you have certainly you have had plenty of examples to model yourself after. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I I think back to you know a while back we did something we actually wrote it with you kevin and i and talked about our our mba draft and these <laughs> these leaders and these tech titans that that we would like to emulate our or not even emulate ourselves after but in this case yes but just people that we would want on our our team of of business leaders so to speak yeah uh at, if i remember correctly that started from like a, a misconception or like a misreading of a text yeah that sounds right <laughs> Uh, and and it led into us doing a blog where we said, "Hey, what if we draft a basketball team, but of <laughs> CEOs?" Yeah, yeah. God, it was so stupid. Why did we do yeah. that? Oh, I think I think it was. It, part of it is is the fact that that we we know these these people's names. I mean, uh, you know, Max. I think we had people like Jack Ma on there and Jeff Bezos and and uh elon musk and, and mark zuckerberg these are these are leaders of, of companies you nominally uh tech companies and we just you know know their names i mean max do you know the ceo of ge's name i mean you live in you live in boston but i bet you don't uh no i, have, I don't i have no idea who the current ceo of ge is I mean, I drafted Jack Welch, but that's really mostly because of Thirty Rock. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the current CEO is Liz Lemon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it, I mean, it led to stuff like you calling Jack Ma your silent stretch five, which I feel like yes. has to be racist somehow. What? <laughs> you know, because he's cause he's tall. <laughs> it, it, that's not the part. It's not the, why is he silent. Never, because no, he's not, not a sh- well. Actually, he has subsequently been showy because he did a movie with the the guy from Ip Man, and he made his own movie with him because he just he you know he had the money. But I, I think the well, point he's also is stepped that, down. Oh yeah, he has subsequently stepped down. Good for him. But I I think that um you know I, I think in in 
times past, you would have known the 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 CEO of GE, and GE has gone through a lot of upheaval lately. Um, and you might have known, you know, these these titans of American business and stuff. And instead, we know the guy who wears the hoodie to meetings, like 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 Sean, or we know who Jack Dorsey is, the guy who wears a nose ring to meetings and doesn't eat. And the fact that I know that he doesn't eat is, is part of it. And um, you know, in the news this past week, we've had. Is it is it Andrew Newman? Is that is that his name? Adam. Excuse me. So Adam Newman was the he was the the lead guy for WeWork, which is I would add parenthetically not actually a tech company, and it is its <laughs> IPO has has basically gone up in flames or won't happen as being delayed indefinitely because for I don't know probably not the first time because you had Uber and Travis Kalanick or. Um, he, where it's one of the first times where this this kind of idea of CEO specifically tech company founder CEO type things where there has been a a backlash to this all I mean I would call it worship of these these leaders and that they can do no wrong because they're moving fast and breaking things and disrupting and I I, I think a lot of the last decade fifteen years maybe even twenty years if you think. Of, of Steve Jobs has revolved around this this person can do no wrong because they're this peerless leader. And I just kind of wonder if we're going to start catching up to that. So I, first of all, I would say I don't think that uh, – I don't think you're correct in, in saying that Uber and WeWork are the first times that this happened. You mentioned move fast and break things. Uh, the guy who said that is Mark Zuckerberg, who uh, offered, who who put out an IPO for Facebook in May 2012, uh, and then by September, the price of the stock hit the lowest point it has ever been at. Yeah, so I, I, I meant not... more. Mark Zuckerberg is still there; he's still the the face of the company. Whereas these other two I just mentioned, they actually kicked out their 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 founders now. They both did some pretty bad stuff, and in Newman's case, some self dealing that just got to people too much. But I, I think that you know Jack Dorsey is still there, Mark Zuckerberg is still there, and they've weathered great storms. But they're still there, and I think in the last couple of years, you have seen with Newman and uh, at Uber where where they said, "Nope, we got to have a new person in here." Okay, okay, that's that's fair. I. I we're talking about more than just the actual what happens with the stock price after the IPO. That's, yeah, that's yeah. fair. And, and we should be clear, Travis Kalanick presided over a culture of pretty rampant sexual harassment and mistreatment of women. Yep. And uh, you you reference self-dealing. Uh, you know, WeWork is a company that claims to be <laughs> a tech up. company, but really just... <laughs> rents real estate and more specifically rents real estate from Adam Newman to um, we were right to we were uh, and and so like that it's not just we also shouldn't overlook for Newman weird shit like just sort of you know impromptu the impromptu banning of meat at we work facilities yes he just like woke up one morning and said, "Yeah, we're we're not doing this anymore." Uh, so like the, these these CEOs basically have given some sort of reason 
for their shareholders to not trust them or to feel like they need to be out. Uh, And and so within the context of the last couple decades, I guess you're right. It does sort of feel like something is shifting because at least in the last few years, it really has felt like we live in a world that is run almost exclusively by CEOs and mostly CEOs of tech companies and companies that call themselves tech companies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Max, I'm, I guess I'm just curious that, you know, that we associate these, these companies with these singular figures. What, what is, and I think until recently, since some, among other things, some, some bad tweets on, on his, uh, on his part, but especially people like Elon Musk, where, just seems to wake up and says, I'm, I'm going to dig tunnels underneath Los Angeles so people can move faster. Or I'm going to shoot rockets up in the sky. What is so I'm gonna appealing? I'm going to call a guy a pedophile. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was the bad tweet. Um, the Max, what do you think is so appealing about having these these singular figures as the, the heads of, not only the heads of companies, but similar, seemingly, excuse me, seemingly the the ones who lead the innovation? Um, I think there's a couple things there. I think there's one thing in just like a level of trust where you have, for some reason, I think people have the ability to like trust an individual over a corporation. So if you trust that Jeff, and maybe I'm way off here, but it's like if you trust that Jeff Bezos knows what he's doing, then you're more likely to invest in Amazon because you have faith in Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe you should have faith in, in Amazon and the in the system and the environment that he's created to generate profit on yeah. on top of anything else because that's the machine that it is. Yeah. But I think there's like this weird kind of human connection, but I think there's more to it too. I think it's it's this appeal of superheroes. And I, I didn't really want to bring it up this early, but it's a it's a it's an Iron Man, it's Stark Industries. It's a, it's a superhero mm-hmm. that just can do anything. And it's yeah. like, I, in, in the Iron Man movies and the, and the Avengers movies and all that, you never really see, as far as I know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but, like, it's pretty much just Tony Stark. <laughs> I don't know that you really see, like, the, the all the other people behind Iron Man. And the same uh, thing with Batman. Like, you don't really see anyone at his company other than, like, the yeah. boring old men in suits. And then it's just like, Batman can do anything because yeah, he's yeah. this there are no, like, uber billionaire. There are no, like, senior managers of research and development. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Movies. So I, I think there actually, ironically, is this kind of pop culture... Uh, fad or not with these kind of superhero business folk and we eat it up. Yeah, Yeah. and and that's certainly also wrapped up in something that we referenced last week when we talked about the worth of an English degree which is like we tend to put everything in the context of money and so thus rich equals good. Rich must mean that you are a smart and virtuous person. Uh, so like it, it all, it all weaves itself together into the, you know, and the, the whole Horatio Alger American dream. You can pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Like we tend to mythologize these people who probably got a ton of help along the way somehow as like a great man who just had one great idea and worked his dick into the dirt to make it happen. And that's really like, it's almost exclusively not what happened. Well, and there's that there's that 
I guess I guess you'd call it a meme, but it's a it's the it's really just the photo of all these kind of garages. It's like Bill Gates started here, uh, Steve Jobs started here. They all started, and then there's the story behind it, which is this person was given a you know a ten thousand dollar loan at a time that was worth X amount. It's like right. yeah, they didn't just come from. And something that's really funny about what you said, Max, is I totally agree with the the human connection. If we see this a face, a literal face, just like you have with. To be honest, leaders of countries who who come out and they have a spokesperson and says, "We're everything's going to be okay. You can trust me. I'm human." Colin Powell saying whatever Colin Powell said in the Bush years. It's like I trust Colin Powell. I've seen his face. He's a you know I I believe in that person. Which belief is kind of a weird thing because that leads to worship. But the funny thing when you talk about GE, which I can't, I, I think I briefly knew who it was. But you have companies like that. Guys, which we're just, doing a huge disservice to Larry Culp who is the first outsider in the history of the General I, Electric I Corporation to run the company. Uh, so so I, I now recall his name. It's a big deal when he came in because he does not fly around in two planes like the former GE CEO did. Uh, but the funny thing about the human connection is that uh, you have these other corporations that have run like machines, having profit year over year, have had stocks that you just buy, like you know UPS. People buy UPS stock, and it just it does well year over year because people are always shipping stuff. But those companies we don't get as get as excited about. And I imagine them saying, "You know, corporations are people too, <laughs> because they are." And so, you know, the human connection, I think, is is really key because a lot of these companies run on in the beginning. Um, Amazon went to the public stock exchanges pretty quickly, but you have things like, uh, you know, in this in this past year, you've had Uber and you've had Lyft, um, and you were going to have WeWork, and you've had uh, you know, these these companies that that have these 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 figureheads. Um, and they're kind of they they've already gotten all this money and they're racing to to get out and and have these IPOs and they really need you to trust that face that actually this is going to work even though ignore the fact that we lose billions of dollars a quarter uh, trust me because I said that this work and I'm really smart I mean in, in Tesla too where they keep on issuing bonds trying to get people to to buy in more and more even as the the horizon of profitability is is maybe not there. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's also, you know, the trust the trust thing goes both ways because the stock market is nothing if not a cycle of trust. If you trust the, if you trust the company or the CEO or, or whatever the unit of trust is, you're more likely to buy a stock, which will lead yeah. the stock price to go up, which will then send a signal to the company that what the company is mm-hmm. doing is good and that they should do more of that thing in an yeah. attempt to help raise the stock price further and yeah, further. Yeah. But and also, it's worth it is worth thinking about this. Is, is who is the target? I would say that with with uh, with Apple, you feel some connection, or you know, to Tim Cook or in the past Steve Jobs, because you can buy an Apple product. You know, Max, I'm not going to go out and buy a Falcon Heavy, and I am not at a place in my life where I can afford a Tesla. And then the only other way for me to get into the investing in it is to quite literally buy a stock. And so that shrinks the pool of, of what it is. So I guess who is the who is the audience that is really appreciating these these, you know, the idea of this this worshipable tech leader? 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. I mean, it's, um, it's investors. General investors, yeah, but not or just but, generally tech people. I don't know. Yeah, it, but like not like not like the three of us in that we are all three capable of investing. It's like it's institutional investors. It's Wall Street types. Yeah. It's people who read trade publications. It, it's not, you know, I, I, I'm not here. You know, I, I'm not here for you know liberal socialist screeds about how corporations should be working for the people man like you know do i wish corporations were more civic minded and and cared less about growing their stock price and more about having a positive impact in their communities sure but for the purpose of this podcast like we're we're accepting that they're going to do what they're going to do like mm-hmm. that is who the audience is it's the people it's the people who are investing at enough scale to change their stock price. And it's the people who are, frankly, it's the people that are covering tech companies and Wall Street because they have the ability to influence the stock price. It's all, it's all one big one hand washes the other thing where the, the company is trying to influence the people who, you know, uh, who have the ability to influence their stock price. Yeah, I and I think this also comes into the the danger of the the singular person because I mentioned Elon Musk earlier, and there was a pretty uh, problematic tweet. I believe I don't know if it's earlier this year or late last year, but he said, "When we hit such and such number, we're going to go private," mm-hmm. and. That comes to what I think is a danger in these people, which is these are companies that are by some metric worth billions and billions of dollars, whether it's just in venture capital or it is out on the stock market. And you, because you put so much value into these singular figureheads, um, they can sit, make a statement even offhandedly, something that's on a social network of one of these other figureheads, and it can cause – not maybe not panic i mean it could cause panic but it it can cause upheaval clearly, uh, across the globe clearly it can cause upheaval i mean it, that that tweet seriously harmed tesla's value to the point where he got hauled in front of the sec basically to prove that he wasn't like you know insider trading to try to tank the stock and he was yeah. stripped of uh, was he stripped of title of ceo is is he like the chairman of tesla now I mean, that's so that's what happened or is happening with adam newman at WeWork. he's allegedly yeah. he's going to not be the ceo anymore but is still gonna and he can't vote right um yeah. uh, but you know you know and, and it you know even outside of the realm of tech like it goes to what we deal with with the president and his tweets all the time like you know if, people who defend him say oh no it's she's just saying a thing on twitter no you are in a position where the things that you say are supposed to have influence on the world and Mm -hmm. and that doesn't change just because we have new channels through which you communicate that information so now some fucking message you toss off on twitter could plausibly impact world events yeah, and it's and it's usually not the stock market though. There are there are some organizations that have tracked this the the how the Twitter messages have an effect, but yeah. it's not just the normal stock market. It's like the foreign exchange markets sure. and things like things that you know they all 
act on milliseconds. But those especially, you can have overnight things and it right. affects, and especially when it involves the literal two largest economies in the history of the world uh, that, you know, as far as I, I, I'd know, no disrespect to, uh, you know, Genghis Khan or Attila the Hun and what they might have accomplished. <laughs> I've British been reading Empire. about them. British Empire. I've been reading a lot about them lately. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think that there's a lot of danger there in these, these, these singular people. And I, and, and that's danger in, in kind of the, the big picture. But in the smaller picture, I mentioned the not eating thing, which Jack Dorsey does some extreme fasting all the time. And I think in the uh, Bill uh, Bill Gates recently did an interview and he talked about how when he was coding for Microsoft early on, he would just lick Tang out of the packet because he didn't want to waste time going to to get food and stuff. Uh, and you also have the idea of, well, Soylent. Soylent was basically invented uh, so that you didn't have to leave your desk to make food or get food. And then there's, you know, to round it all off, there's microdosing, which I think is still somewhat popular in, in areas. So that's that's the other thing about about this whole – or. And one more, one more. The or, well, they're clothing things. One, Sean in your hoodie, like Mark Zuckerberg. The idea of him being the hoodie, and then the the uniform, like Steve Jobs had. There are yeah. all these things that have trickled down, and some of those might be good or bad, but a lot of them seem. Like, why are we investing in not eating like that? So basically, so that ties into basically all of the things that we've talked about already. It goes to the superhero. Uh, connection and this is an attempt to portray yourself as you know a a bold visionary who's willing to do whatever it takes no matter what to you know to to be the best it goes to uh it it goes to the idea of you know what the audience has maybe changed to be institutional investors in wall street and so the primary metric of is this company doing well is is the stock price going up and up and up and up and is the value of this company constantly growing and so it's all about efficiency and if you are seeking efficiency in your company's returns then how could you possibly seek anything other than maximum efficiency in your life like it's it's all uh, you know it's all voodoo science like it's it's not it's crazy you can you can like walk to the fridge and grab a sandwich yeah so how do you think this relates to just any other kind of celebrity status i mean are we giving these tech titans a a special status or are you not to play devil's advocate are we are we telling him to 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 stick to business and not tell us how to (laughs) how to change our lives i mean i'm just i'm you know i'm just throwing it out there like we we've we've celebritized plenty of people and that then go out and influence in areas that may or may not be the reason why they're they're famous. And is the, is the argument here that they shouldn't necessarily be influencing what we dress, or are we just really saying why do we why do we care so much? All they do is get paid way too much money to lead a company into the ground. So I'd say that that uh, I, I would say one that just because Einstein was a great physicist, I don't think he necessarily had the 12-6 curveball down. So I'm disinclined to think just because someone is good at one thing, especially good at one thing. I think that in this age of specialization, which I'm sure you can speak to, Sean, within sports, uh, 
you, you specialize in something in part because there's a thought that you're really, really good at that. So I, I like to think if you're really, really good at something, maybe you're not good at these. Uh, the the other thing I would say is they are treated kind of like movie stars and that if they do something because they are the star, if they're in a film, uh, I'm going to go see that film because, you know, Max, you're going to see every movie that Nicolas Cage is in because you like the skill set that he brings to to that. So how much of that is actually kind of a reversal of something I, I was saying about the audience? The pri- so the idea there would actually be that the primary audience has always been the institutional investor, the Wall Street type. But now, with basically everything in the world unfolding on Twitter, like we all have access to these people that we never would have had otherwise. And so... But we as the public maybe don't necessarily have the best way like we haven't figured out the way to kind of respond to that with these ceos so that we so we revert then to a model that we understand which is the model of the celebrity Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i think that that's that the fact that they are coming to the people that they are not just showing up in in board meetings of of other companies saying like hey we make this this product you big distributor it's not it's not like they invented a, a new type of i don't know couch or 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 beverage and going to walmart and saying hey sell our product it's very different we it's it's getting the especially with these social media things they they need the public because that's how snap and and twitter and and facebook they want to get that market share and the market is a bigger market than just all the grocery stores in america and to your to your question max i mean i think i think the answer is we shouldn't be looking to these people for how to live our lives in certain ways. Like we shouldn't trust, you shouldn't trust Mark Zuckerberg to tell you how to dress in the morning any more than you should trust Gwyneth Paltrow to tell you which kind of jade vagina eggs to buy. Like you, it's ludicrous. Right. And I definitely think there's, there's two different pieces here. There's, there's one of how does someone get their influence? And there's one of then how does someone use that influence? And what we're really talking about is how these tech people get their influence why are they elevated to this this status that allows them to tell us uh what type of eggs to put in our vaginas but but, if a tech employee were to do that but considering how they use their influence is probably pretty important too i mean it's pretty clear that elon musk is trying to reshape the world in the image that elon musk wants the world shaped in well yeah just on mars (laughs) (laughs) but but I, I do I will also grant that if we focus too much on that, we're gonna spin back into liberal screed podcasting and, and we're we're hoping to maybe save that for later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I think that that's maybe that's what makes me most uncomfortable ultimately is that we treat these people as some type of elevated being. But in the end, they are humans just like all of us. They have flaws. Um, some of them we learn about. Some of them we don't. Uh, but it's it's kind of unfair to them as well to expect them to be anything more than another human. And so we are giving them fuel to do this. And I think that there's just so much error that that could come that could come about from doing it. Yeah. Yeah, but. 
I don't know that that's necessarily totally fair because as we've pointed out from the beginning of this recording, um, if you are a CEO of a massive company, but you don't want to be a celebrity, you clearly don't have to be. Um, we can't name the CEOs of many big companies. <laughs> the ones that we can name are, are sort of choosing to put themselves out there. Uh, and the only so reason I, I know there is something to be said about that. And the only reason I know Walmart is because I'm pretty sure it's a Walton. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't feel like looking. I, I looked up one CEO already today. I don't feel like looking up another yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay it's with Doug McMillan. With, sure. I'm okay with there being a, a, you know, a chain of command and a series of decision makers. I know some people are not big on bureaucracy, but I'd say historically, uh, you know, emperors and dictators don't have a great track record. Um, You know, the enlightened despot is there are only a couple of those like truly. Uh, I think there's going to be a new Helen Mirren HBO period piece where she plays one of those because she does that a lot. Um, but they're just aren't. I think it's Catherine the Great. But you don't. Those aren't just walking through the door. And here we are. A lot of the top, you know, Fang, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, not so much Netflix. Google has a couple people, but you can name them. You know, Larry Page, Sergey Brin. Right. We're looking at we're expecting enlightened despots out of these people, and that's kind of nervy. <laughs> yeah, that it's a it's a bold move. Um, but hey, if you're out there and you're a despot and you're an enlightened one, tell me what you're eating for breakfast. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's uh, let's let's wrap that conversation up and move on to Pierce is sorry. So, uh, yeah. what are you apologizing for today? Uh, so I think this is coming out on October 1st, probably. That is the um, Yes. Uh, so that is the end of the fiscal year for, for the government. Um, and a couple weeks back, I was, I was looking at the calendar at work. And I should say from the start, I make a point of work of really trying not to laugh at anyone's jokes because they're usually if you're telling a joke at work usually they're bad or they're inappropriate for work there's really no in between um so so and i'm not i'm not apologizing for that i really try hard not to laugh but um one thing happened which is i told a joke at work which i'm going to apologize for now it was it was on the bad side like the not a good joke uh because i was looking at the calendar and i said to a couple coworkers. uh no wonder we all get everybody gets worn out in this industry. Uh, we've got the fiscal year, the performance year, and the convalent in the calendar year. So every year we have three years in one. Uh, to which, to which they laughed, and I immediately felt terrible about because it's not really calendar jokes are not high on the list of jokes. Bodily humor jokes always work. Calendar jokes not good, but a work appropriate joke. <laughs> But a bad joke, and I apologize for telling a bad joke about calendars. Uh, thank you. I, I'm I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose to treat that also at, implicitly as an apology to to both of us for for telling us that joke as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, was real you know bad. it was germane. It was yeah. real bad. Actually, I think there's a fourth year in Stop. it too because I think nope. we have a different fiscal year. Nope, 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 nope. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, so thank you as as always for your apology, and we will close the show with a big idea from pop culture. So we spent most of the last half hour kind of talking about you know talking about things that get pulled into cycles. Uh, one person is working really, really hard to uh, not just avoid getting caught in those cycles, but to actively break out of them, and that's Sturgill Simpson. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say Rudy Giuliani, because <laughs> he doesn't do a good job of that. <laughs> he tries. No, I, I told you we are holding off on our pivot to liberal screeds. We, last week was just, it was a preview. It was like a bonus. It was like a teaser episode. Um, but so Sturgill Simpson uh, is a fella from Kentucky who is very good at making music and uh, kind of erupted onto the scene with his second album in 2014, I want to say, called Metamodern Sounds and Country Music. And it was very much, you know, it used some kind of easily recognizable country forms but also pulled in some sort of bluesy rock influences and also definitely some kind of druggy hippie stuff uh, and it was awesome it was definitely one of the best records of that year uh, it's one I still listen to from time to time it's it's really great um, and, and that record made him the brand new 2010's face of a little thing called Outlaw Country. And he decided he didn't want to do that. Uh, you know, country the country music industry is, is one notable for uh, lots of issues, but most of them dealing with representation and, oh. kind, you know, treating women well. Uh, but also it's sort of notorious for maintaining really strict archetypes about you know who can who can be what and and what is or isn't country and so he he put out an album in 2016 called a sailor's guide to earth that was kind of this big epic funky country but also soul record about new fatherhood and and it was very much kind of not a what would have been seen as a typical follow-up to metamodern it won the best country album uh Grammy, which you know probably means little to nothing, was nominated for Album of the Year. Uh, he also like busked outside the CMA Awards, like you know playing for donations that he was going to send off to the ACLU. Uh, and clear, like he was clearly making his mark as someone who didn't want to play by the rules of the country music industry. Uh, so he put out a new album on Friday. Uh, or should I, I should say, he put out a new project on Friday that is one half album, which was, uh, so both both parts are called Sound and Fury. Uh, one part is an album that was correctly described to me by my brother as like ZZ Top on acid. Um, and one part is uh, what is apparently a very violent anime film. Uh which is, I guess, is soundtracked by the album. Uh, and, and so I just, I think we should be celebrating people who do wild shit like that. So uh, it sounds like him and Ezra Koenig maybe have hung out before. <laughs> it's, that would be 
I would love to see the two of them just like hang out in a coffee shop and like listen in on their conversation. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, we should be celebrating people who do bold, weird stuff and we should be celebrating people who make awesome music. And that album is really great. Sound and Fury, Sturgill Simpson. I don't know if I can recommend the anime just yet because I haven't watched it, uh, but it's on Netflix. Uh, so Ma- Max is our, our anime, uh, our anime uh, person Correspondent. on the podcast, so we'll defer to him. I'll check it out. Nice. On that note, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at PrettyOKPod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to our show feed on your device and podcast app of choice if you would like our episodes to show up on your device every Tuesday without having to go looking for us. If you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show because we would love to share what we're doing with them as well. We'll be back again next week as always to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.